The Audi Q5 is highly regarded in the mid-sized luxury SUV category. Visit Audi Solitaire online today. Live across South Australia, welcome to Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Oh, good morning to you. Great to have your company this morning. Top of 15 degrees. It could be a shower or two, but that's okay. Somehow, I don't know the mechanics of this, but we will keep you warm. So just keep it locked. Um, Calls already starting to flood in as well. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there it is. one 736 The week's home's open line, very much open, so um, keep it going. That's actually me. I thought it was you, Tom, it was me. Um, text line as well, 0427 Those voices in the background, good morning to you, Bryce Gibbs. Hello, Hazy. How are you today? Yeah, going very well, thanks, mate. Tommy, how are you? Yeah, very good, mate. I heard from a little birdie, it's um, your birthday. Birthday week. Birthday week. Is it a big celebration? Birthday on Monday. So um, got a nice little night planned tonight. Uh, Me and the lovely are actually going to go out for dinner, something we haven't done, I reckon, for years. And then we're going to see Xavier Rudd at the uh, Theberton Theatre. And you being the muso that you are, Tommy, I just sort of mentioned before (laughs) to him, Gibson, I said, Xavier Rudd, and he just absolutely scrunched up his face like he just sucked on a lemon. Uh, It's a war out there for the musicians. He doesn't write great songs. I like his vibe, though. But um, the, the songs, songs are just Cop that average. Um, you getting any, any presents? Do you get anything? I got or? a couple of little jumpers and a few little Ooh. bits and pieces. But at the age now where I just can't get enough socks and jocks. Yeah, I just absolutely burn through jocks. I don't know what's going on <laughs> down there, but much more than we used to. Wow. Um, big show coming up. Looking forward to it. A lot happened Thursday night. The D's are back. Very much so. Last night, Eagles beat the Bombers. Not sure where the Bombers are at. All the Eagles are at, for that matter. Uh, and the Dogs thrashed the Hawks. Jordan Degoe spoke yesterday. A lot to cover there still. That is an ongoing story. Two big games tomorrow, of course, for Port Adelaide and the Crows. And a big game at Norlunga because South Adelaide taking on the Crows and Matt Crouch will be playing there. So, geez, watch this space. This is going to be a talking point until... Probably the end of the trade deadline next year. What's going to happen with Matt Crouch? Big, big news during the week. Yeah, it is. And I apologise for the listeners at home if my voice is a little bit husky. I, it is a bit husky. I will confirm beers. I haven't just come from Highley Street <laughs> and had an all-nighter. No, no, you went home and had a shower. <laughs> First. <laughs> I've been crook all week, so uh, finally starting to uh, get back on deck. But if I'm a little bit husky, I apologise for that. But you're right, Hazy. Uh, Matt Cr- uh, Crouch dropped again. Uh, and it gives me a little bit of shivers, mm. gives me a bit of deja vu because it seems similar to what I went through a couple of years ago, obviously not knowing the ins and outs uh, of their conversations that he'd be having with Nixie in the club, but um, it smells from my point of view and mm-hmm. it seems like he's on the outer and once you're on the outer, it's very hard to get back in favour, so... Mm. Uh, Matt Crouch has got a few decisions to make for uh, the rest of the year, I think. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, straight away, get involved, Crow supporters. You've got plenty to say. 0427 What happens now with Matt Crouch? Um, we know what happened with Brad Crouch. Just seamlessly slotted into the St Kilda midfield. He is a Melbourne boy as well. And, I mean, we'll get stuck into it, Bryce, uh, with our little thing that we like to do called Tell Me Bryce, where you just like to tackle the inner psyche of your mind. But, I mean, how would he be feeling? But, um... Yeah, a few big decisions need to be made. You're a mad crow supporter, Tommy. So yeah. How I'm, are you feeling about the situation? I'm stoked. Um, I just reckon he, he doesn't add anything to the midfield. He goes backwards a lot. Very, Bang. Very wow. crab-like Whoa. moving. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, I know he wins the ball, though. He's an incredible ball winner. But I would rather have Schoenberg or someone a little bit more, or Barry, you know, a little bit more dynamic in there. Um 
And, you know, we could trade him to Geelong or someone like that for a second-round pick. There you go. Wow. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy goes Tommy's, bang. Tommy's gone whack. <laughs> there you go, Matt Grouch. I, I think a lot, a lot of Crows fans share that sentiment. Okay, he, there you he, go. He is similar to a lot of the players they yeah. have running through there, like Laird, high possession, but I think he had 30 handballs as well yeah. last week. Berry's just, a, you know, that sort of – In not, and under. Not explosive, but, yeah, just – plods along and, and gets the ball. So he, he is a similar type of player to a lot of those guys in there at the moment. Mm. 0427 yep. 154 166. Crow supporters, what happens now with Matt Crouch? Yeah, do you keep? Do you trade? What are the future plans? Let's hear from Matthew Nix. He was asked on what Matt Crouch needs to improve on. Well, there's a part There's a part of our game more so. So it's it's dual. It's, it's what the team need. And so for Matty, it's a bit of balance. It's a bit of outside work that we're going to look at as a side where... Yeah, the game requires you to really get on the outside and we can't be exposed in that space. So there's, there's, a, there's a few little areas, but nothing glaring. I mean, this is really about a balance in our footy side as well. Mm, tough for Matt Crouch as well to probably prove himself because it's never been about getting the ball. It's probably mm. always been about uh, how he uses the ball. I mean, he came off um, 31 disposals against the Sun. So um, there's not an issue with him finding the pill. It's probably about ball use to have an impact at sample level. I mean, he's probably going to have to have 40-plus, I would say. Well, he did that a couple of weeks ago, didn't he? Mm. he? He did get dropped and he went back and, albeit the ruckman he was playing under was Riley O'Brien, so those two <laughs> seemed to wax all day and, and they both played really good games. But, um, yeah, I think he's tremendously frustrated uh, and mm. so be it. But, um, yeah, I don't know what you do. He is that sort of player, though. He's not a get out in space, deliver the ball by foot. He is that in and under, the one that's getting it out to those guys who can run and carry the ball. So. Yeah. Um, he's never been a, a high metres game player anyway, but um, I don't know. If he goes back and has 30 in the sand for it, I don't think that's going to really help him, to be honest. Mm. 0427 154 Is he part of the rebuild, Crows fans? Uh, get involved. Ken gives a call as well, of course. one 736 736 some interesting results last night, Tommy. Yeah, the Essendon and West Coast game. If you're an Essendon supporter, again, I would be so frustrated, particularly with Ben Rutten. He, he's always dishing up the cliches in his press conferences. And I just took a 30-second snippet from last night. I mean, they've just lost to the bottom side in the AFL. Here's 30 seconds of his press conference, and I've put a ding in every time he uses a cliche. So we came here knowing that, yeah, we were getting at a pretty, a pretty good West Coast team. But yeah, it's just about for our group, really. It's about continuing to use these opportunities to learn and get better. You know, we need to go review that, understand the feeling last week versus this week, and, you know, really get clear on, you know, how we need to continue to make progress week to week and get more consistency. But yeah, it wasn't enough tonight to be able to get the result we need. <laughs> how good. Six cliches in 27 seconds. Oh. And not even the obvious ones as well. We're just taking it one week at a time and full credit to the boys. And I'm sorry, I didn't hear 110% there at any stage. That would be immensely frustrating for a fan. Mind you, I, they all do it. I was listening to Adam Simpson afterwards and he wasn't, wasn't much better. Jeez. Mm, I mean, yeah, that's, um, that's what you get. So all the media training, that's what I love about, um, I mean, Bryn Teekle spoke a couple of times and just the rawness of the new players coming to the system. Mm before they get overcome with the cliched answers. I even yep. sort of cliche myself. I was uh, just talking to someone the other day and I was like, oh, 
start this Dockers game, but I know I need to take it one week to focus on the next game. Like, what am I talking about? <laughs> running my own press conference? Hey, I'm, um, I'm going to head out the back and take your calls, Adelaide. What do we want to find out today, Hazy? Well, it's uh, no, it from that Crouch. So Crow supporters, uh, what are you going to do with him? So clearly, is this a sign that he's not part of the rebuild? It would probably seem so. Um, get involved mm. in saying that. Who are you going to put Adelaide? But big, big axing. That's, uh, I'm going to be honest with you, I probably didn't see coming. I don't think anyone did, really, and, and not even Matt Crouch. I think he's Except for us that. on Thursday night when we were talking about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, except for you, Tommy. <laughs> You've actually called for his head by the sounds of it. Yeah. Um, good stuff. Um, Jordan Ngoi has always has also spoken as well. So uh, let's hear a snippet of what uh, Jordan Ngoi had to say. The first time he's spoken since uh, everything's happened, the Bali incident. This week's obviously weighed pretty heavily on me, and I thought I'd just wait until I've, I've got a clear mind to come out and apologise for my actions and my behaviours. Uh, Obviously, you've probably seen with the ADHD stuff which came out. First of all, I just want to say that's not an excuse for my behaviour at all. Uh, I just wanted to let people know that I was dealing with some stuff on the side um, throughout the first half of this year and also now. Uh, it's something I'm learning a lot about and, you know, I'm not a perfect person. I don't think I ever will be, but hopefully I can make some changes so these mistakes don't happen again. And, um, yeah, just on that, I would like to apologise once again. Bryce, your immediate thoughts when you heard Jordan Degoe speak? Uh, well, good on him, first and foremost, for finally coming out and, and saying something. It was sort of a bit unusual how long it took for, for both Collingwood and Jordan to get on the front foot and, and squash it on the, on the head. But, um, yeah, he's obviously you could sense a little bit of remorse there, I suppose, and... Um, he needed to come out and say something, so so good on him for doing that. But, yeah, I was surprised that the club especially didn't get on the front foot and, and get him to speak a lot earlier in the week uh, rather than lead, leaving it to uh, the last minute. He's always going to be in a tough spot now because whatever he says, there's too much time passed that straight away people think, well, he's speaking because they're in such damage control that this is the last option. Yeah, and, and that's why it's unusual that they left him for for a week later. But, um Look, he's come out, he's, he's spoken now, and you know, he'll obviously be trying to do everything he can to earn some respect back, not only from his club, but uh, by the supporters and, and football fans in general. And um, that, that's all he can do, I suppose. It's all he can do now, and just uh, the next step is to get back on the football field and prove himself. Um, for the Crows, Footport Adelaide, it would seem now that Jordan Degoe is gettable. Because he's not going to get that salary uh, that he was rumoured to get, which was 800 a year for the first two years with the trigger for another two years. Would you go after it? If you're a club, and what's, what sort of club would go after someone like Jordan to go? He's going to get a contract offer from Collingwood, and there's still going to be clubs that would like to see him play football for their side in 2023. Yeah, he, he's certainly a player with a lot of X factor, and when he's on, he's on. Like He's exciting to play. Those are the sort of players you, you go to the footy and watch and, and love watching. Um, I sort of, I didn't think he would leave Collingwood, um, but obviously his price probably drops a little bit and, and the ball's now in Collingwood's court in terms of what they can offer him in terms of, of money and, and years and, and um, you know, they can even add behavioural triggers yep. in that contract as well. So the ball was in Jordan's court. Now, after the last couple of incidents that he's had, uh, it's certainly back in Collingwood's court now. And I think he still will sign with... Um, with Collingwood, but yeah, there's no doubt there'll be some teams out there asking the question uh, for his services for next year. Port fans, Crows fans, would you go after him? Would you like to see Jordan to go play for your side next year? Um, 0427 154 166. 
on that text line as well. It's an excellent text from Brett. He said, Bryce, what is it with Glenelg players that go to Carlton? You all start sounding like Stephen Kernahan, <laughs> voices like an idling chainsaw. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just need to start growing the mullet maybe and then we can uh, – we can tick the, the Kernahan uh, box off completely there, but uh, yeah, I'm not too sure there. Real raspy areas. Um, speaking of mullets, um, take us through this shirt that you've got on right now because oh, I've got to say, all I will say is um, take my money, where do I get one? Uh, it's from the Carlton Draft, actually, mm-hmm. who, uh, who do some good things on social media. And, what are we uh, looking at here? This is a Jason Horn Francis t-shirt. It says, uh, Horn to be wild. Very good. Um, We'll pop that up. There'll be a little photo of it on, on um, 1629 SNSA social media. But Jason Horn Francis, we're going to uh, talk about this young man because you had a job last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that yeah. was, I mean, Tommy Lyon did some of his best work and just um, made this outstanding little uh, song to the tune of John Denver's Take Me Home Country Roads, just trying to lure him back. We said, look, you're mates with him. At least get this song in his ear. And give us some feedback. What does he think? And what did he think? Well, I don't think he's heard it. <laughs> so, come so, on. So North had the buy this week. So he's come. I've been speaking to him last week, and yeah, let's catch up for a coffee, um, catch up for a beer, whatever it is. And yep, all good. And so then trying to organise it on Saturday. Few text messages back and forth. He, I wasn't getting a whole lot out of him to be honest. And then come Sunday, Monday. I've sent a couple of texts to him, and he's just screened me. I oh, no good. <laughs> he's put me on the back burner. <laughs> Oh, goodness so me. I ended up uh, not getting the opportunity to catch up with the, the young fella. And I was going to wear this T-shirt and uh, make him listen to the song and get his feedback. And he's screened me and I haven't heard from him since. So uh, shame AFL on you, Jason. Veteran, over 260 games. <laughs> McGarry medal to the name as well. but Taught him everything he knows up until this point. Got him drafted number one. and Not quite worth a text he's, back. He's not getting back to me. And I'm still repping his T-shirt. <laughs> he's still running this campaign. Um, the other thing we need to mention as well, Jack Lacocious off the market. So four-year deal. He's re-signed with the Gold Coast, which... By all reports, was coming. It was a matter of when, but we were still going to talk about the idea of Jack Lacocious coming back home until he was absolutely signed on the dotted line. So he's done. Now the last piece that we're waiting for, and I thought that if it was done, that they would probably announce it together, but clearly it's still an ongoing progress, and that is Isaac Rankin. So if you're Port Adelaide or the Crows, how invested do you think they would be in saying, hang on, what is this kid's movements? Because I've seen him, I, I watched him grow up at West Adelaide the last sort of two years before he got drafted. He's special. He's really, really special. Isaac? Yep. They, I think they're both special. And they were two guys that you would have penciled in to have a crack at if you're either from Port or the Crows. Uh, and I think he signed a four-year deal, Jack. So yep, he's that's, that's re- relatively long-term uh, in this day and age. And... Uh, he even said the negotiations took a little bit of time, but they wanted to get it right. And, and that's big for the Gold Coast Suns, for him to commit for four years, because uh, he's had his in injury interruptions this year and hasn't played to the best of his ability, but he's going to be a, a star um, Jack I'm talking about. But yeah, yep. Isaac uh, Rankin, who you just mentioned, he's X Factor, and he's starting to really shine through as well. So um, both of those guys, well, if, if Isaac signs, that's two opportunities missed from, uh, from the Adelaide sides if they're yep. looking to get them back in the next year or two. Crow supporters, sports supporters, would you go after him? What would you throw to get Isaac Rankin uh, on the books? Uh, and also, we're going to talk about Matt Crouch next, but he's playing in the sample today. He's clearly, well, I mean, maybe not clearly, but it would seem that it's a sign that he's not part of the rebuild. How does that sit with your Crow supporters? And what would you do? Would you like to see him see out his contract next year? 
or should he be traded somewhere to see what we can get for him? It's 849. Text line 0427 154 Real special mention as well. It's got a text from mate just talking about uh, Adelaide University legend Adrian Howard. What about this? Playing his 400th. 400th game today. So Howard is the only, the second player in Blacks history to play 400 games over the past 30 years. So it's a very, very big day for the Blacks. He's the ultimate club man. Uh, always helping out with every team, and he's extremely generous with his time. So the other thing that you need to know as well, South Australian Premier Peter Malinowskis, he's going to be pulling the boots on alongside Howie in the C6 game against CBC at University Oval today, 10-15. It's a real Jew kicker. But still, 400 games. That's a ridiculous effort. Um, well done, Howie. That's, Congratulations. That's unbelievable. And you just mentioned, um, would you say club champion or club? Um, club legend. Club, no, what you say? Ultimate club man. Ultimate club man. You mm. can't become the ultimate club man without playing 400 games. Yeah, 400 games. That is That's unbelievable. So I worked out at the end of my time that I'd missed 86 games through injury. 86 match payments. Really, really <laughs> I hurts. I love that's the first thing that comes to your mind, match yeah. payments. You wouldn't have missed, uh, missed too much footy. I didn't know touch wood. I will touch wood up until now. Actually, I've got the sling off too, just quietly. Oh, yeah, yeah you have. You're you very mobile. There's a yeah, milestone in the recovery. but Look at you go. Um, no, I was very lucky uh, up until I started getting dropped. So <laughs> I started missing games, but not through injury. But still playing in the sample. Still playing in the sample. Just it's racking a, up some sample yeah, games. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it, how that happens with some guys. Some guys can have clean bill of health for their whole careers, and some other guys just cannot take a trick and get weird and unusual injuries that just keep keeping them out. So mm. um, there you that's go. the way it goes. Um, 0427154166. Keep the text coming through. This one from Brett. Good to have you back in SA, Bryce. You're a superstar, mate, and really enjoy the show. Great stuff. There you go. There's some nice Great positive feedback. Great to have feedback. you back in SA. Appreciate that. It's nearly been five years, but um, I'll take it. Thank you. Just uh, pump the chest up just a little bit. Seems like a perfect way to get into this. Tell me, Bryce. Tell me, sweet little Bryce. Pretty sick of talking about it, to be honest. Tell me, Bryce. Each and every week, we just take the opportunity to really tap into the inner psyche of superstar Bryce Gibbs, um, what he thinks on certain topics. This week, it seems very appropriate we talk about the Crows, uh, what the rebuild looks like, etc. I want to start with Matt Crouch. What would Matt Crouch, everyone's talking about now already, what does the future look like, for where does he play, etc. What are the Crows going to do? What would he be feeling? This is the second time this year that he's been dropped. Um, look, I don't want to rag on any particular areas. In fact, I can though because I played my footy out of Elizabeth. And I loved how people would turn up to the Ponderosa. And sometimes you could tell they were like, I don't really want to be here. And we'd take advantage of it. Matt Crouch has gone from the AFL and now he gets to play at Panther Park. <laughs> Beautiful does, spot. It's 15 degrees across Adelaide today. It's going to be minus six at Norlunga. <laughs> There's going to be rain coming from all sorts of different directions. So he gets the news during the week that he's going to be dropped for the second time with no immediate, I suppose, direction of when he'll come back in. He's got a year to go his contract next year with Adelaide. But what would he be feeling right now? What sort of mood? What sort of, um, I mean, where would his confidence be? Would he be questioning the future? Or can you just put it aside and get on with it? I think that would be pretty tough. Yeah, I reckon it would be very tough. And he's extremely frustrated. And just touching back on him playing at Norlunga today, it's a shame I'm not playing because I would have played him back in form today. <laughs> I would have shaken his hand at the start of the game and said, I'll go one way, you go the other. We'll both have 40. You can play AFL next week. Do you know what? Let's have 100 disposal between us <laughs> yeah. and let's have a beer afterwards. Um, but in all seriousness, he is, I think he's 
come out and said it publicly that he's extremely frustrated. Um, and although we don't know the conversations that he would be having with Nixie and the match committee, uh, it's either going one or two ways. They're either saying to him, you just need to keep working on a few things we need you to work on. And I think it's Nixie's said it's his ball use outside the stoppage and getting a bit more uncontested ball and maybe going forward with the ball more. Or they're saying to him, we're going to play some kids. And that was the line I got thrown. Well, I got, I got thrown both, actually. It started off saying, we want to get you back in the side and get you back to playing your best footy. And then within a couple of weeks, that turned to, we're actually going to start playing some kids and, and blooding some youth and, and going down that path. So I actually got both thrown at me within three weeks, which was, uh, which was not ideal for me. But um, he would be extremely frustrated. He's only 27, so it's not like he's north of 30 and... And not and not getting a game now. He he's still got a lot of good footy left in him. Unfortunately for Matt, at the moment he's a bit of um, he's a circumstance of other players. So like you think of Rory Laird, Ben Keys, Sam Berry, Schoenberg. You could sort of add in that mix, although he's got a little bit more leg speed. Hately, there's a lot of the same players through that Adelaide midfield at the moment, and I think because he has been the one to been tip out. In the past, I think he was dropped last year. He's obviously been dropped earlier in the year. It's a bit easier to drop someone like that again. Um, and he had 31 touches last week in, yep. in the AFL side. And I think Rory Laird had similar sort of numbers. Laird, he had 30 handballs in his 35 touches or mm. 36 touches. So comparing those two performances, like how do you dif- differentiate who gets dropped and who doesn't? Like, really, it's it seems really bizarre. But if I was Matt Crouch, he signed a two-year deal only just in the summer, yep. just gone, which he's been dropped twice. I would be looking to get out if I was Matt Crouch. He's obviously not a part of this rebuild that they're going on about, but I don't even know if they're in a rebuild anymore because one, one week they're saying we are in a rebuild, the next minute they're saying that we're playing a win now, then the following week, oh, we're, we're back in a rebuild. So... I'm confused as anyone at the moment. Do you feel like uh, if it's a close game or it's a win, it's now we're playing to win, but if they lose, it's now we're in a rebuild? Well, it sort of sounds like that, doesn't it? And I think and they could potentially lose this week against North Melbourne. Like, North Melbourne have won one game for the year. They're, they're not going to finish on one win for the rest of the year, surely. And this is a very, very winnable game for them. Down in Tasmania, which I don't think the Crows have beaten... I don't think they've won a game down there for a very long time. If they were to lose this week, then what does it say about the team and and, Matt, and their selection and, and Matt Crouch and where does it fall out then? So if they lose this week, that is absolutely disastrous. I, I don't know if they've just genuinely flicked a switch. Maybe it was a combination that Essendon were bad, but all of a sudden that absolute locked-in win against West Coast doesn't seem so certain now as well. They play West Coast again. They played North Melbourne again before the end of the season, so they're going to play North Melbourne twice. So we'd bank them as three absolute locked-in wins. Um, the Matt Crouch situation, and we'd love to get involved, is just, um, it's it's interesting to say the least. 0427 154 166. And where would he suit? Would he have plenty of suitors? Because Brad just seamlessly slotted into the Saints midfield. Well, you know what you're going to get pretty much every week with Matt, don't you? He, he's going to have 25 to 30 touches. He'll get you your five or six clearances. You'll have five tackles. And he, he's the one that gets the ball out to the, to the run, the run and carry, the guys with leg speed. So 
the teams out there that need a bit of in and under grunt, who you know he's not going to break lines and have high metres gained, and that, that's how he's played for his whole career. And and don't forget, in only it was only a few years ago he was an All Australian. Yep. He was a, a Crows club champion in in a in a year where they made the grand final. Like he, he's still a very very good player. So he averaged over thirty disposals in that. Per and that's game huge, and not many not, not many players can say that. So, if there's a team out there that need a bit of that in and under grunt to get get the ball out to their their ball users and and their leg speed, it'd be a perfect fit. Mm. Uh, Crow supporters, what are you doing with Matt Crouch? Oh four two seven one five four one double six. We'd love to take a call from you as well. Of course, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. And we are doing it uh, at the lovely. SENSA Studio Lumo in the heart of the city, 1 King William Street. Um, it's bang on 9 o'clock. Let's get into the newsroom. Live across South Australia, welcome to Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Definitely visit Salter out in Test Drive, the new A3 and S3. Top of 15 across Adelaide today with a shower or two. Now, the pop-up just texted you through before, Gibbsy. That is John Parker. <laughs> I just sort of ragged on Norlunga a little bit and said that it's going to be 15 here, but minus 6 down in uh, God's country, and he said, just sent you a little photo of uh, what's happening at Norlunga today, of course, hosting the Crows, 110, go down and see some local footy, but that's oh, probably going to be pretty good conditions, it maybe I just delicious. overhyped it slightly. It looks delicious down there at Norlunga Down, so uh, shame on you, Hazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about the fixture this weekend, just a bunch of salivating matchups. ups Starting Thursday night, um, a little bit, I'm not going to say depressing, but just a little bit, uh, the D's are back. And all of a sudden, it would seem that uh, it's a race for second again. Is that what it feels like for you? Yeah, it was. It was very impressive, wasn't it? But it was either going to go one or two ways. They were going to Brisbane would, would dish it up to them, and then they probably lose their premiership favoritism up until this point. That would have taken them to four losses on the trot, the D's. But having the the bye, the week off, they obviously really set themselves, freshened up, and. Geez, they made a statement, didn't they? Like, if, if they're doing that to the second side, albeit mm. it's at the G, and we know Brisbane have to win at the G if they're going to win the flag this year, but their competitiveness and their ferociousness around the contest and their, the way they set up defensively, like, geez, it's, it, was, it was bloody good to watch. It was clinical. Uh, the Dogs did what you'd expect them to do. They were under the pump early part of the game. They were down by as much as 26 points before they kicked 13 goals straight to win by 42 over the Hawks. Eagles, big surprise win over Essendon. Are they back? Are Essendon just that bad at the moment that they're losing to the Eagles? Maybe a little bit of both. Um, some very, very interesting rounds to complete round 15, though, coming up. Yeah, it was. I actually tipped West Coast last night. I just thought they, they've still got a lot of uh, premiership players in that side. And again, a bit like what I said about uh, North Melbourne's chances this week. Like They've only won one game for the year. Like That doesn't happen very often. Mm. Um, so this was a gettable game for them. And um, although they were under the pump for a lot of the first half and conceded a lot of inside 50s, um, they found a way to hung, hang on in the end. So well done to West Coast. But uh, Super Saturday today, this is going to be a great, mm. great day for footy in the AFL. Um, Carlton v Frio, that's going to be an yep. absolute cracker. Geelong, Richmond, finishing with Sydney, St Kilda. Like all those games have great reward or huge ramifications if you win or lose mm. today. It's um, it's a magnificent lineup, isn't it? What about this, Tommy, as well? The Crows are the shortest priced favourite to win a game this week. That's bad news. <laughs> That's <laughs> They are the biggest favourite 
to win their game. That's pressure. And that, that almost spells a loss already for me. Well, they Anytime they're favourite. They don't no. handle the favourite tag well. They don't handle me. it well. The yeah. other one is um, Gold Coast and Port. Huge ramifications there because if Gold Coast win, I feel like that's Stuart Jew in the books. Yep. I, I feel like that's a new contract for him if they win and keep going. For Port, if, uh, if they lose, I feel like Ken Hinckley may be, may be out. Well, this is one that they not just have to win, they need to win big because it could come down to, I mean, if everything goes to plan, it could come down to genuinely percentage for a spot in yeah. the eight. So they absolutely need to uh, beat up Gold Coast. And then who knows what they can do against Frio. But that's going to be, it's just going to be a huge run home. I was going to say a big few weeks, but they've got an incredibly tough run home. Um, love a debutant, Tommy. Oh, yeah. Now, how's this during the week? Um, you may have seen Jackson Archer for North Melbourne. He's Glenn Archer's son, making his debut. So he gave his old man a call to let him know about it. It's very wholesome content. Hello. How are you? I'm good. What are you doing? Uh, I've just got home. Um, Got to go take some under-12s for training. Very nice. What are you doing? Nothing much. Uh, I'm playing this weekend. You're kidding? (laughs) No. Hang on, mate. Something stuck in my throat. <laughs> well, uh... Very, very wholesome content. You're right. And just to paint a visual as well, see Glenn Archer in tears like that. Yeah. It was just, it was really, really nice. I love this, uh, what the clubs do. Um, <laughs> it's just such a father-son conversation. What are you doing? Yeah. Eh, not much. Debut on this week. Yeah, and bo- <laughs> and both of them because Jackson was crying as well. So both of them trying to s- stifle their tears. Um, it's an interesting one because I, I also had a conversation with my dad this week uh, about a different type of debut. Hey, Dad. How are you? Yeah, good. Just having a smoke, actually. What are you doing, Dad? I um, I lost my virginity. You're kidding. Nah, it happened so quick. Oh, no. No, I'm 36, so I guess better late than never, hey? Hang on, mate. Something stuck in my throat. Oh, that might be a peanut. You just pop one in your mouth. <laughs> there you go. Um, congratulations to you, Tom. Well done. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, better late than never. Yeah, look, we won't go into details, but um, no, it's a, that's quite a milestone you hit, so... Um, from us to you, congratulations and all the best with your future endeavours, I suppose. Thanks. Yeah, it's such a uh, intimate moment to share to you know to share it with your father as well. Always so. oh, good. Oh, Tommy. But I just to mention the Glen Archer stuff. Like how good it was. Like you think him as a player, how ruthless and how competitiveness yeah. and how white line fever he played. Like and we've all got kids here, like mm. so. It, we all understand sort of those conversations and how special those those moments are. That that was that was great. That was great to see. I, I love that footage. Absolutely, and you don't see. I, I remember growing up. I never really saw many men cry. I never saw my dad cry until I mean, maybe once when I was an adult. But um, I think the more you see of that, the better. So, do you remember speaking to your dad? Or I mean, it's probably a little bit different if you're the number one pick and you're mm. expected. Pretty much, it'd be more surprising if you didn't debut in round one. But do you remember calling your parents? And obviously, back then, they probably didn't set up. Um, it wasn't filmed or anything like that. But do you remember the moment? 
Uh, I don't remember the moment specifically, but uh, yeah, the, as you said, there was no sort of footage and it wasn't captured like it is today. But um, yeah, we found out in with time that they could fly over and, and be here for it. So I think I remember that whole weekend being uh, very special uh, with, with family and some of my schoolmates as well flew over to, to watch that game. But um, yeah, certainly a very proud moment from uh, for the old man. He... Um, he was pretty emotional as well, actually, mm. I reckon, from memory. Oh, very good stuff. Coming to you from SENSA Studio Lumo, right in the heart of the city. Get involved via the text line 0427-154-166. Um, weather across Adelaide today, doable, 15 degrees. Shower too. Hopefully the rain holds up. Um, and a couple of big games uh, for our clubs tomorrow. Let's start with North taking on the Crows. That's going to be happening in Tasmania. So the changes, in comes Harry Schomburg and Mitch Hinge. Out goes Lockie Murphy. He's been dropped. Matt Crouch has been dropped as well. Riley Thilthorpe has that ankle injury, which by all reports is not too bad, but not good enough for him to play this weekend. All eyes will be on the captain's run this morning. Taylor Walker has had a tight calf during the week. Needs to get through the final session this morning before he gets in. Um, but is this an absolute locked-in game for the Crows or a bit of a danger game? It's certainly a danger game. Uh, we know North Melbourne struggles this year and for them to have the Crows down in Tassie I think this is a very, very winnable game for North Melbourne so they've obviously made a few changes the Crows and if they were to lose this game they would be in for a big, big week everyone would come after them <laughs> It'd be some external pressure I <laughs> I can guarantee you that Um Walker with the calf, yep. as they say, old man's injury. I saw him getting a haircut during the week on social media. There's a lot of salt and pepper going on in that, in that <laughs> hair these days for the Texan. Yeah. So that just matches up with his, uh, his tight calf at the moment. But, um, yeah, Harry Schoenberg gets a, another opportunity uh, as well as Mitchell Hinge. So, yeah, look, I think, I think the Crows are vulnerable at the moment. And North Melbourne, not too many teams finish the year with one win and if they're going to beat anyone North Melbourne it's going to be the Crows this weekend so you go to spot is it I mean the obvious one is uh, you want that I mean the talk has been linking Josh Dunkley with the Crows they'd love someone like that in the middle but where is the go-to spot is it a key defender is it a key forward Taylor Walker can't play forever or is it the obvious one uh, a new midfielder well, I think with, with Tex finishing up soon, you've, you've got Tilthorpe as that, that next up-and-comer. So I think they're okay there. Um, Jordan Butts, I think, needs a bit more help too. So like Tom Duda is more of that third-tall intercept sort of player. So another another key defender would certainly be handy. But, yeah, they, they just need some more depth through the midfield. Some guys with some leg speed. We spoke about uh, them having a lot of the same sort of in-and-under players that just sort of plot around the ground and you know accumulate a lot of possession, but um, you know, don't break open a game in terms of leg speed and and power through a contest with uh, with leg speed, which I just said. Um, so they certainly need uh, a few more heads uh, through the midfield, I think. So the bookies have got the Crows, the shortest priced favourite to win a game of football this weekend. This is just an unbelievable round of of matchups where. Top eight's playing each other, and even the sides, some of the matches of the um, sides that aren't in the top eight are just fantastic matchups as well. But your prediction, who's going to win? I've tipped North Melbourne. Really? Yeah, this was a, a week that, I mean, all games could go either way. So I think if 
North will really set themselves to win this because there's not too many more winnable games for North for the rest of the year. So I think they'll win. If this was in in Melbourne, I think the, the Crows w would be a better chance. But because it's in Tassie, um, I think that, that gives it the advantage to North. All right, Port Adelaide taking on the Suns. Port just absolutely have to win this to keep their finals hopes alive. Stephen Motlock comes back in, as does Travis Boak, returning from covid uh, and Trent McKenzie is in. So the outs, as we know, Bryn Tickle injured with that collarbone. Darcy Byrne-Jones was a late out yesterday. He joins Tom Cleary in health and safety protocols. And, of course, Zach Butters with that knee injury. Um, it's good to see Trent McKenzie get back in. And Travis Spoke as well. He's going to add so much to the midfield. The other one who isn't playing is Robbie Gray. He's got ongoing knee soreness. How do you see this one playing out? That's... Um there's some significant outs for, for Port this week, and they sort of haven't really had a settled side, have they, for the last three or four weeks? So um, that's not great in terms of team continuity and and all being on the same page. Uh, and this is another danger game for Port. Like most people would think here at Adelaide Oval, they should just get the job done. But um, I watched the Gold Coast Suns pretty closely last week in their game, and, and they're, they're ultra impressive. Mm. They play a good brand of footy, they're well drilled. Um, and they're up and going at the moment, and, and they can sniff finals for the first time. Is that ever? The Suns haven't made the finals before, I so that, that would be a huge milestone in in terms of their club's history. And uh, Stuart Jew's not far away from signing uh, an extension, coaching extension. So, uh, with the news with Jack Lacosha signing this week, that obviously gives the group a boost as well. And we hear Isaac Rankin might not be too far away. Um, this is a danger game for Port as well. The other one I'd be keeping my eye on is Chris Burgess. So Chris Burgess is in for the Suns this week. He's been playing most of the year uh, in the VFL, I think it is now, not the NEFL. Um So he's a West Adelaide boy. He's uh, about 25, 26. It's, he's in his fourth year of a four-year contract, and he's been in and out of the side. I just wonder if someone like Chris Burgess could play a genuine role at either Port Adelaide or, or the Crows in the future. And I know, first of all, the question is, well, if he can't get a game for the Suns, why is he good for for uh, either of these two sides, but just like him as a swing man. And if you do know his football history, he can have a genuine impact as a key defender as a, or a key forward. Well, it doesn't really matter what club you come out of. If you're not getting an opportunity, you might thrive in, an, in a different environment under a new coach, under a new team. So um, if he is gettable, I'd certainly be looking at him as well. You're right, get involved this morning, 0427 154 166. Uh, give us your predictions. Who's going to win? Can you see uh, North Melbourne causing a bit of an upset and taking out the Crows? And how do you see the Port v Suns contest playing out? It is 23 minutes past nine. Don't forget as well, visit Solitaire Audi. Test drive the new A3 and S3. Uh, and that's Weeks Homes open line. Very much open. 1300 736 736. Good morning. The Audi Q5 is highly regarded in the mid-sized luxury SUV category. Visit Audi Solitaire online today. Live across South Australia, welcome to Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Top of 15 degrees across Adelaide today. Get involved via the text line 0427 154 166. And of course, we're coming to you live from SNSA's Studio Lumo SA, right in the heart of the city. Let's get stuck into this. <laughs> This Saturday scoreboard. Keep you up to date with what's happening around the world, around the sports world. Let's start with the NBA draft. Um, and I love the NBA draft. I love the NFL draft. I love all of these opportunities for America to really shine and show everyone else how it's done. Really fun watching yesterday. 
It's a, uh, it's like a festival, isn't it? Mm. They build it up that much, and some of the kits that the uh, the talent turn up in, like gold plated suits and all sort like they pull out their their suit jacket, and there's like pictures of themselves yeah. <laughs> imprinted in in their suit jacket. It's um. It's it's very it's a very good watch. It's young men full of confidence. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Dyson. So many egos floating around yeah. one room. It's astonishing. Future egos in the making. Dyson Daniels. Um, he seems like a level kid though. Um, went number eight to New Orleans. So great result for him. He was wearing a pretty Larry suit though as well. <laughs> he, he Little was. silver number. He was uh, and a Bendigo boy. So. Uh, by all reports, um, he's a bit similar to Giddy. He's a guard that can slot straight into to the a- uh, NBA. I was going to say AFL, NBA, um, and will have an impact straight away. So yep. he might get an opportunity early on, which will be uh, great to see. And all these sorts of events, there's always viral moments that blow up on Twitter. A lot of people as well. I'm going to read a short passage from an article that was posted not too long ago saying about Dyson Daniels and his mum. Before Daniels was selected by the New Orleans Pelicans with the number eight pick in the draft, he hit the stage with mum Brikita Cool Daniels on his arm. A family moment that has since gone viral. The New York Post had reported people on Twitter saying things like Dyson Daniels is going to be trending topic tonight. NBA Twitter going to blow up after seeing Dyson Daniels' mum. So there you go. Everyone knows um, who Dyson Daniels' family is and... Best of luck to the young man. Yeah, he's got a, a great career ahead of him. And there was a bit of a shock with the number one pick too. So uh, Jabari Smith Jr. was touted probably the number one uh, heavily in the last couple of weeks. But uh, they were surprised by the Orlando Magic. They took uh, Paolo Banchero with the number one pick. It blew up blew up social media and uh, it was a bit, of, a bit of a surprise. So I think Jabari Smith Jr. had been quoted saying, uh, I'd be very surprised if I don't go number one. And his face when he wasn't taken at that pick was uh, was priceless. See, it's what I do find amazing is that um, him being in a situation like that and still not 100% knowing. So I did I did hear Carl Anthony Towns during the week uh, speak about it in the build-up to the draft and everything, and he still 100% didn't know that he was going at number one until there had been strong links and, and he, the words that he got were, yeah, we're pretty sure, but we're not 100% sure until the name comes out. So he was talking about the relief and everything, but so... Um, to go through all that, it'd just be, what a buzz. I mean, you've been through it. What was it like when you heard your name uh, get called out? And did Carlton say, 1,000% we're taking you, so get ready? They did. They told me uh, two weeks before leading into the draft. Wow. So uh, certainly had a little bit of time to prepare for it. And um, it was still nervous sitting there waiting for your name to actually be read out. Um, and... Until that moment happened, then it sort of started to sink in. But um, yeah, I, I was uh, worded up before uh, before the draft. So two weeks, and how much preparation had gone into it? Had you had they worked out a place where you were going to stay? Had you had they sent your merchandise, etc.? I think it was more preparation for mum, more than anything, <laughs> trying to let it sink in that uh, her baby boy was uh, not going to be living with her anymore. Uh, so it probably hit her harder than anyone, but. Uh, Yes, so I moved in with the host family, but all that was obviously taken care of once you, you get drafted. So, um, yeah, it was pretty lucky. Actually, Dennis Pagan, Mark Murphy, and Stick Skernahan, they all flew over in that two weeks. Right. Draft, and we sat down and had a coffee, and that's when they, they told me. So uh, that's how they gave me the news. Bryce Gibbs and Stephen Kernahan having a chat, just the raspy vocals going <laughs> at it. 
<laughs> Just a couple of, what do we say? A couple of idling chainsaws going at it. <laughs> uh, let's talk about some swimming. Australia won a four by 100 metre mixed relay gold and broke the world record with a time of three minutes and 19.38 seconds. Uh, Kaylee McEwen also added the Australia's gold medal tally after winning the 200 metre backstroke final. And American Katie Ledecky became the first athlete to win one discipline five consecutive times with gold in the 800 metre freestyle. She's amazing, Katie Ledecky, but the Aussies are doing very, very well overseas in the world champs, they as are, you would expect. They are going well. They're cleaning up, um, and hopefully they can continue the gold medals or any medals uh, coming in the door. It's uh, fantastic to see. Um, we spoke about it a little bit earlier this morning, but Jack Lukosius has inked a new deal with Gold Coast, so he is absolutely off the table in terms of Port Adelaide and the Crows. Four years at Gold Coast, massive, um, massive signing for them. It's huge, and and he was one that the Crows and Port would have uh, would have looked into, would have asked the question if he was uh, keen to come back to to Adelaide. Uh, but he hasn't just signed a one or two year extension; he's signed a four year extension, and that's uh, significant. So that's a great get for the Suns, and what they're trying to build at the moment. He's going to be uh, a very important piece to that. A couple of Crows who are out of contract at the end of this season. The interesting ones for me are Jimmy Rowe and Mitch Hinge, who I think both definitely have a future at that football club. Do you agree? I think both can play a role, yes. Um, how, how old Tinge? I'm not sure. I know Rose sort of 22, Rose only 22. Um, yeah, they, they've obviously still got, both of them have got a lot of footy left in them. Um, and Hinges, well, both both of them have been in and out of the side. So both are, are playing this week and will be looking to put their best foot forward. But uh, I think both can play a role in the next couple of years for sure. So Mitch Hinge is only 23. And the other one who's due potentially for a new contract is Elliot Himmelberg. Where do you see his future? Does he have a future, do you think? Well, he started off the year really good, didn't he, in the in the absence of Tex. And we th- we all thought that this, this could be Elliot's moment. This is what he's capable of. This is this is his talent starting to to shine through. And, and then he just hit a bit of a bit of a flat patch, didn't he? He yeah. sort of just plateaued a little bit and um, for whatever reason, it, it come across a little bit disappointing. So, um, yeah, he, he certainly got all the, the attributes and, and the capabilities of becoming a, uh, you know, 100, 200 game player at AFL level, but he, he just hasn't quite taken that opportunity yet mm. or given he, he's had that opportunity, especially this year. So, um, he probably needs to start playing a little bit better, I think. Australia as well won the uh, dead rubber, the fifth ODI against Sri Lanka, but they lost the series. Uh, and the new, um, I suppose, the new thing that we're looking forward to is the test series coming up against Sri Lanka. Potentially, Glenn Maxwell gets himself a little baggy green. It, it's, you could probably call it a bit of an injury crisis within the Australian lineup at the moment, including guys like Mitchell Stark, um, Steve Smith, and for us, um, Travis Head looks like he potentially could miss the first test with a hamstring injury. The big show back in a baggy green. How good would that be? I reckon it'd be fantastic. I mean, that's what he is. He puts on a show. So for him to, to get back in there and smack some of the, uh, smack some fours and sixes, and um, that's what he brings to the table. Although if he's not doing that, he, he's out for a duck, isn't he? It's, it's all, <laughs> yeah. he, either, he either gets out for a duck or he makes a, a quick 500. So um, hopefully he's making quick 500s. Uh, text line 0427154166 from Brett. I remember going to Norlunga Oval back in the day in the heart of the freezing, windy winter, and that's why now I call it Arctic Oval. Brett, 
That was back in the day. <laughs> oh, it's changed. Get out yeah. there today, mate. And if, uh, the weather's changed since back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> it has, mate. Brett, drive your car around the Oval Park there, and as Hazy said, I'll bring you a coffee, mate. So, uh, so get out there. So just on that as well, I love the atmosphere that the uh, South Adelaide have created of this almost country. It's like country footy on steroids. That's what it is. Because you still you get enough people in a good game to have, it feels like two or 300 cars. And then what is it, what's it like for the players when, say, you kick a goal and everyone's pumping the horns and going off? It's great. And it it, it makes the um, the ground seem a lot more full too. So there might only be you know 1,500 people there, but it feels like there's 4,000 people there with the amount of cars parked around. And as you said, you kick a goal, you, the, the t- uh, horns start tooting, you, you turn to the, the hill, the cars give them a little bit, uh, they fire you up. So um, it, it, is a, it is a good little atmosphere. Sports biggest bad boys. I think we can safely uh, put Jordan Degoe now in that category. It's a, a young man who's got quite a rap sheet, um, but there's some absolute famous ones around the traps. Get involved with this one, 0427154166. Immediately, who comes to mind? I, I think absolutely Dennis Rodman. You think of guys like, from an EPL point of view, you think John Terry. You think Mike Tyson, those sort of names. We want to get you involved in this one. I, I probably think Bryce Gibbs to be honest with you. <laughs> Top of my list, just those uncontrollable young rogues who've got so much talent yet just can't quite get it together off the field. It's Bryce Gibbs. Yeah, now guilty. <laughs> <laughs> guilty. Nah. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, who else? Oh, was it Fev? Brendan Favola is a very, very good one. Ex-teammate um, of mine. So next, I reckon we can go through um, some of these particular athletes and their rap sheets uh, and maybe get just a little bit of audio from... Um, some of Dennis Rodman's teammates because, geez, there's some famous ones. And I suppose as well, when you think of guys like John T- uh, John Terry yep. and some of the really bad stuff he did involving teammates. Um, the other one was uh, Ryan Giggs. Yep. Yep. Who, Manchester United? He was Manchester United. Yep. yep. And what was happening off the pitch, unbelievable. So... There's an unbelievable mix. Get involved. 0427 154 166. Of course, this morning, uh, the all-new Audi A3 and S3 have arrived. To find out more, visit audisolitaire.com.au. Live across Australia, Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Coming to you from SNSA Studio Lumo SA, where you can get involved via the text line 0427 154 166. And we'll take your calls all the way up until 10.30 as well. one 736 736 before crunch time gets underway. Jordan Degoe broke his silence yesterday, spoke for the first time since the Bali incident. This week's obviously weighed pretty heavily on me and I thought I'd just wait until I've, I've got a clear mind to come out and apologise for my actions and my behaviours. Uh, obviously you've probably seen with the ADHD stuff which came out, first of all I just want to say that's not an excuse for my behaviour at all. Uh, I just wanted to let people know that I was dealing with some stuff on the side um, throughout the first half of this year and also now. Uh, it's something I'm learning a lot about. And, you know, I'm not a perfect person. I don't think I ever will be, but hopefully I can make some changes so these mistakes don't happen again. And, um, yeah, just on that, I would like to apologise once again. So that puts it to bed. Now the next step is he starts training again and he plays football and he gets on with it. Yeah, he'll be looking uh, to yeah getting some respect back from not only the club and his teammates, but uh, the wider community, Collingwood fans um, and just footy Lovers in general, I think, uh, his performance, his performances will, will dictate that, I reckon. Uh, Brendan Favola had some strong opinions on the Jordan Degoe situation. He spoke on the Fox in Melbourne. 
Just see where your life's at, mate. Where do you want, what What do you want to be? Because when I left footy, I was not respected. I played great footy. My footy career's never talked about with any other gun forward because of my off-field antics, and that's my own fault. I had no respect. Everyone just thought I was a wanker. And he's going down a similar path. I'd love to sit down and say, mate, you could have everything gone like that. And I did. I was 29, went into a rehab, had nothing. Had not a cent to my name because I'd blown it all. I'd stuffed up. This guy's still going to get another chance. But if he stuffs up again, it's over. So Fev's a man who genuinely learnt the hard way. You played with Brendan for Volva. Let's go back uh, into the vault, back in the day where this is pretty much where it really, really all came undone. The loosest bloke at the Brownlow that night was Brendan Favola. And you were at his table. I was at his table. And and that incident, you could see that coming from a very, very long way away. Um, so day of the Brownlow, you get up, obviously the wives and girlfriends and, and partners are, are all off doing their makeup, doing their hair. So they the morning's all about you know getting ready. So the boys, we just slap on a suit. There's not much to, to prep for. So... We had a bit of time to kill. So what usually happens is you usually meet with your your other players in, in your side or, or you meet with some other players from other teams who you might be mates with or have had things to do with over the years. And you usually meet down along um, the river there uh, and have a couple of beers over lunch or whatever. But I'm not talking – I'm talking maybe like 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock before th- you start getting ready. Fev was sending text messages around that morning at 10 a.m. He was sitting by the pool and he's like, righto, boys, let's go. I'm thirsty. I'm ready for a beer. So he had started drinking at about 10 in the morning. So by the time the count actually started, you can imagine how intoxicated he was. He's had a few. And I think that even during the count, there were games where he kicked seven or something and got one vote. And he was yelling like he was booing. (laughs) during the count that he'd only got one vote after kicking seven. So uh, you could sort of read the writing on the wall at 10 in the morning when he's flicking flicking out text saying, is anyone keen for a beer? So, um, yeah, I mean, as great as Fev was uh, playing and we all, you know, mm. we all understood what he could do on the field. He could, he could turn games on its head. Um, and even to us younger players – he was he was very good. He looked after us. You, you saw him at uh, footy clinics and junior clinics. He just he was a big kid himself. He had the kids wrapped around his finger. But as soon as uh, he had a few beers tipped into him, he was uh, he was a different man. He is a really good example of turning it all around, though. Now, isn't he? I mean, he's absolutely doing some really good things in the media. And clearly, there was a turning point, uh, like you mentioned just before, where you know he, he at the age of twenty nine didn't have a cent next to his name, and basically he had to start again. So. He's a good story of redemption. It is, and it is credit to him to, to get his life back and, and bounce back. But, yeah, unfortunately, he had to hit rock bottom. Yeah. Uh, as you said, he had nothing. He he wasn't respected by anyone, and um, he decided enough's enough and, and got back on the horse, and, and he's doing good things now. So it's uh, it's great to see him in that space. Sports bad boys. Text them through 0427 154 166. This one from Mike. Max Gorn actually started his career as a bit of a bad boy. He was caught smoking a ciggy. In his car before training, he's a bit of a different cat. Is that which, is that real? Is it? Is, is that true? Well, um, it's good text from Mike. We'll absolutely follow that one. 
uh, that one up. But yeah, geez, well, if he was a bad boy to start, he's really turned it around now, Max Gorn. He's going to go down potentially as <laughs> no, he's maybe the greatest boy. ruckman he's still of all a bad time. Boy. He had a beer with his coach oh, in yeah. the off season, right. just gone. Like, you can't be doing that, can you? How bad? Come on, Maxie. Some bad boys. Who have you got? John Daly comes to mind pretty quickly. Big John. <laughs> Outlandish <laughs> character. Loves a dart. How good was John Daly back in the day? So what? Suspended five times and cited 21 times for not giving his best effort. <laughs> so according to a 456-page rap sheet kept by the PGA Tour that is now public record because of a lawsuit Daly failed to win. I, I, I didn't know that golfers could get suspended for anything, let alone a rap sheet like that. He was a character, wasn't he? And he just did not give a stuff about anything. <laughs> no. And he wore the pants to go with it. Yes, and wore yeah, an outfit that would suggest, <laughs> yeah, maybe I am a bit of a bad boy. Most of the incidents have been widely reported, such as Daly trashing a hotel room in 97 during the Players' Championship or getting into a scuffle at Firestone with a 62-year-old man whose son, Jeff Roth, said Daly had hit into him at the World Series of Golf. So he was a bloke who seemed to have a bit of a chip on his shoulder. Long John? He did, Long John. And um, those photos and vision of him smoking a dart, throwing it on the ground, and he lines up a big tee shot, drives it 300 yards down the middle, then goes over, picks up his dart again, (laughs) and walks down the middle of the fairway. Um, What a unit. That's how you play golf. Um, The late and great Shane Warne. Like, he he might be the pin-up for... A likable bad boy, because for whatever reason, I mean, he used to smoke, and as I mean, it's not illegal, but it doesn't look good when you're a professional athlete. He definitely was a party animal. There was footage of him um, in between the sheets doing all sorts of different things. He would eat his baked beans. It was scandal after scandal, but for whatever reason, he was so liked, and he had such a likable personality that when he did something controversial. There was this element of, oh, it's okay, it's warning. Yeah. Why did that exist? Well, I think that's because he was so good. Like, if you're you're stuffing up and you you have this bad persona about you, you, not only was he coming out and and playing well, like, he was the GOAT. So he was that far better than, not saying that just because he was better than anyone else, he was allowed to, you know, do bad things and act inappropriately during during his life, but um, it was sort of half accepted with Warren, as you said, wasn't it? Mm. Um, probably the number one for me, Dennis Rodman. Strippers, gambling, champagne, and Carmen Electra. <laughs> you name it. This was a bloke who really, really lived his life while playing in the NBA and being an amazing NBA player as well. I love this passage for The Last Dance, uh, just Jordan talking about uh, Dennis Rodman right as they're preparing to win a championship, just needing a bit of a break. Dennis says, I need a vacation. And I look at Phil and say, Phil, what do you mean? Vacation? He says, he needs a vacation. He needs some time off. If anybody needs a vacation, I need a vacation. We look at Dennis and say, Dennis, what are you going to do? Can your vacation be like 48 hours? Go straight to the airport? Boom. They don't hear and see Dennis for 48 hours. I went to the Vegas. <laughs> Dennis, the worm Rodman. And the stories as well were that Dennis could go out and absolutely party with the best of them and then turn up to training and you wouldn't even know that he's been out. And he would train like he just had 10 hours sleep. He was magnificent. So not many people can do that. I'm not saying that's a good thing to do or a good um, system to go by, but geez, he was built different. Oh, he was. 
Just put that into context. I need a 48-hour vacation. I'm just going to go to Vegas and and not sleep for three days. (laughs) Like, please. That's really, really Uh, good. Um, Some other ones as well coming through via the text line, of course. Wayne Carey. The Duck. Absolutely, The Duck. Um, He's got quite a rap sheet. But um, again, someone who, through what he achieved on the football field, was very, very respected. Yeah, it was. Um, but I think in, in a lot of these cases, it's, it, was, it was multiple things, wasn't it? It wasn't just like a one or two off. It was, it was these sort of stories followed these guys throughout their careers. And um, I mean, some of them are funny to talk about now, but mm. other, other stories that you hear of them are, are just dead set inappropriate and not acceptable. But um, yeah, there's a bit of a a rundown of the bad boys in sport. Yep, just to, just to clarify that as well, I'm talking about respect as a football, as a football and what you achieved there. Um, the other one that comes to mind is Latrell Sprewell, which we've spoken about before. This was the uh, player who, I think it was the Golden State Warriors where he smacked his coach, smacked him in the face, pushed and shoved, went uh, into the change rooms, had a shower, came back and then donged him. <laughs> we have spoken about this. <laughs> Latrell. And then said no to a three-year deal worth $21 million because he said it wasn't enough to feed his family. And then subsequently went broke a few years later. Don't you love some of these NBA players when they turn down $20 million contracts because they want $22 million contracts? Yeah. It's like, what, can, what can't you do with 20 that you can do with 22? Mm. Um, so there you go. I keep them coming through. Oh four two seven one five four one double six. Um, it's a good situation to be in, I suppose. And Dyson Daniels is going to be in that situation now, where he needs to work out what he's going to do with all this money. Uh, we're going to uh, keep it locked here, and uh, don't forget as well, crunch time coming up at ten thirty. So uh, absolutely, keep it locked to sixteen twenty nine SENSA. Let's jump into the newsroom. Top of fifteen across Adelaide today. With Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yeah, the all-new Audi A3 and S3 have arrived. To find out more, visit audisolitaire.com.au. Weather could be okay if the rain holds off. Top of 15 degrees today. And get yourself down to Panther Park and get, her, get around the Crows and Panthers contest. So just going back, can confirm, Max Gorn apparently was a chain smoker. There you go. In the AFL system. Not a fan of the chain smokers' music, <laughs> as in the artist. A as genuine smoker. smoked cigarettes for a long time before he got drafted. Wow. So uh, imagine back then if he was a young bloke who was coming through and he's smoking, you would sit him and say, oh, he's probably going to go on to be a premiership captain and a five-time All-Australian. Yeah, uh, he certainly turned <laughs> it around, hasn't he? He's absolutely turned it around. Um, let's talk about this round. It's round 15, and, geez, I mean, what about... Thursday night, didn't the D's just send a little a message to the rest of the competition that said, um, yeah, we're back. That run of three straight losses is over. And yes, we're top dogs once again, even without Max Gorn. Yeah, it was, it was impressive. And it looked like even earlier in the game, um, they were going to be in a bit of strife. Brisbane's first quarter was, uh, was pretty good and pretty exceptional. But uh, after quarter time, it was all, all the D's and, and they made a statement to the, to the rest of the AFL and, They've uh, they've put daylight in second again after their magnificent start to the year. They're uh, certainly premiership favourites uh, for the rest of the year. Um, so last night as well, the Dogs got it done against Hawthorne by 42 points. That was clinical, although the Hawks started really well. 26 points at one stage early in the game before the Dogs went bang, bang, times 13. Uh, West Coast beat Essendon. This was very, very surprising. I don't think anyone would have tipped this. But Hang on. I told you I tipped West Coast earlier. You did tip I West did. Coast. I did. Apologies. I saw this coming. One person tipped this. <laughs> This was Bryce Gibbs. You've also tipped North to beat the Crows. So watch this uh, space. You could be this some kind of genius in the background. Um, 
I'm not sure if the Eagles have clicked and they're good or Essendon are just really bad. Which one is it? Maybe both. Uh, well, Essendon have certainly had their struggles this year and it's been well documented. Uh, they had a really good win last week. But West Coast, they've still littered with premiership players. Uh, they played a really good game against Geelong last week. Only went down by about 10 points and, and got a bit of confidence out of that. And, and this was a game that they certainly could have won and, and they did. So... Good on West Coast. You should the, their fa- the players' faces after the game was just relief. Yeah, just knowing that they had a win. We're going to go sing the song, and yep. for the rest of the week, we're not going to be under the pump. So yep. um, it was good to see that the those guys um, those guys' faces after the game. Just quickly, what's that like? I mean, you played at some some sides where um, you didn't have much success throughout the whole season. What's it like to finally get that win and go? You know what? We get to go to training on Monday in a good mood. Yeah, and it. You obviously enjoy it, but the, the most the emotion that comes is relief. It's like a weight off your shoulders because for weeks and weeks you're grinding away and trying to do all the right things and you're training hard and you're setting high standards and not getting results. And then when you finally get a win, to share that with your teammates, to sing the song, you sit in the rooms after the, after the game and it's just like weight off the shoulders. So um, we're certainly uh, very happy today at recovery, the, the West Coast Eagles players. Some big games as well to round out round 15 with some big ramifications. Well, it's huge. It's, it's make or break for, for a lot of these teams to either stay in touch with the top four, to either stay in touch with the top eight, to, to lose touch with the eight, to, to fall back into the, to the ruck. Is each and every game for the rest of the year is it's going to be vital and, and so important in, in teams pushing for the final eight. So it um, starts off with, with my Blues and Freo and um, my wife and, and kids are over in Melbourne actually at the moment. And so I did see that on social media. I thought, hang on, uh, did I see that yesterday? I saw uh, your little fellow was, um, it was yesterday, yeah. some training with the Blues. I thought, hang on, Ross, I've got a show tomorrow. What's so, happening? So Charlie's starting to get into his footy and he's, uh, he loves the Blues, so... Uh, yeah, the, the club got him down to uh, to rev the boys up before today's game, and he was uh, warming the boys up in their in their captain's run and, and doing some handballs with them. So uh, he's uh, he's one happy kid at the moment. So, uh, but um, what a, what a cracker game it's going to be. Frio mm. have uh, have genuinely stamped themselves as as premiership contenders after you know not many people thinking they would do a whole lot this year. So. Um, Although it's at Marvel Stadium and the Blues are under man down back, it's uh, it's going to be a cracking game. Jeez, look, I don't want to put any pressure on Charlie because he's still trying to find his feet, but um, the result of today's game will be um, a direct result of just how effective his pump-up was. <laughs> I think so. By reports, uh, obviously wasn't there because I had commitments with uh, with footy and work, but um, he was pretty shy, a bit bit overwhelmed at the start, but by the end, end of the session, he was uh, he was telling more what to do, so uh, he, he had a great day. Did you see Kane Corns' post with his son, Sonny, and Travis Boak? No, I haven't so seen that one. If you've got social media, jump on Instagram and look at Kane Corns' post. It's, it's Sonny, and Kane was obviously with Sonny down at Port yesterday, and it's Sonny and Travis Boak, and Boakie must have just been there, and Sonny's a mad Port Adelaide supporter, and he's literally in tears. <laughs> so yeah, just to confirm, Sonny's, this is tears of excitement because he gets oh, to meet Travis Boat. So very, very good stuff. Um, text line 0427154166. It is going also. Um, plenty of time to give us a call. one 736 736 We'll touch on the uh, local games as well. Uh, that is the Crows taking on the Roos and also Port Adelaide taking on the Suns um, tomorrow before 10.30. Right now it is nine minutes past 10 at top 15 across Adelaide today with a shower or two. 
the Audi Q5 is highly regarded in the mid-sized luxury SUV category. Visit Audi Solitaire online today. Live across Australia. Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Coming to you from SNSA's lovely Studio Lumo SA right in the heart of the City One King, William Street. Sport's biggest bad boys. Cheers. Some good names are coming through. We're talking Warren, Rodman, John Daly, Favola, just to name a few. Max Gorn. Max Gorn, because what we have uh, found out early on is that Max Gorn was like a heavy smoker on an AFL list. Kind of turned that around just slightly, didn't he? Yeah, he's... Uh He's turned that round absolutely magnificently. Mm. Um, Lockie's called through from Henley on 1300 736 736. Good morning to you, Lockie. Talking about sport's biggest bad boys. Uh, I reckon definitely has to be surely the Rat Pack from Collingwood, like Dane Swan, Alan Dardate, Ben Johnson, those bunch. They, were, they would get up to some stuff, I reckon, when they were playing for sure. <laughs> they, were, they would have celebrated hard. See, that's another thing as well. Dane Swan was such a still is such a larrikin. It just feels like Dane Swan could get away with a little bit more than the average footballer. Well, from memory, I think Mick, because I had obviously had a little bit to do with Mick uh, being coach to him, he sort of turned a blind eye to it a little bit. He, he knew there were <laughs> things going on, but because he was playing well on the weekend, Swanee, <laughs> he, just, he just didn't didn't go there, didn't bring it up. I, I went on a um, an international rules series with Swanee and Mick was the coach and I certainly saw that firsthand um, on that trip so there you go just um, I, I didn't I see nothing I know nothing <laughs> <laughs> hey Lockie uh, you're a Crows man have you got them for a big win tomorrow oh I hope so uh, I think it'll be you know pretty tough but you know I reckon we'll surely we'll get the job done I reckon you'd hope so they go in as a short price favourites um, let's go to Stu in Handorf. good morning to you great man good to have you on Hey, legend. Good to uh, have some local talk on a uh, Saturday morning. Loving it. Oh, mate. Uh, we're just uh, we're pleasured to be able to speak to you and talk about all things Crows because we know you're a diehard Crows man. Um, one of your old favourite players, Bryce Gibbs, has tipped the ruse to beat the Crows. How does that sit with you? Well, he's an astute judge. This has got boil over written all over it, boys, and I, I don't want to be negative, but I just... I just, I, we just seem to strike teams when something happens. So you've got a club legend Sunday doing this week. That was almost <laughs> the metaphorical nail in the coffin for me. I was like, well, here we go. Chuck a hundred on the roof and at least get something out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, where's it, where are you at, Stu, with, um, I suppose, not your patience, but where are you at with understanding what the club's trying to do versus one week it's playing to win, next week it is, no, nah, it's all part of the rebuild. Where do you think it sits? I think there, there seems to be a mixed messaging coming out. You hear Nicky talking about the DNA. I'm not sure we know what that DNA is. I, I, I think, you know, there's talk of we don't know what our best 22 looks like yet. And, you know, we, we tend to see players from an outsider's perspective, seem to be gifted games and, and, and not drop sooner. The worrying thing for me with Matt Crouch's comments was, what communication is happening internally if he was completely blindsided by this? You know, what, what, what was he unaware of within his own game or what was he not made aware of by the coaching staff to lead him to be flabbergasted that he was dropped? That, that, to me, that's more worrying than anything else is, is that, Internally, where the communication should be strongest, it seems to be lacking most. 
Yeah, you make a great point, Stu, and, and that was certainly some of the aspects I dealt with in terms of messaging and one week it seemed to be this, the next week it seemed to be that. Um, just continue on with Matt Crouch. As a supporter, do you feel like he is good enough to be in the side? Do you, do you see him being, uh, you know, having having a, a role to play in the next couple of years at the club? It's an interesting question, Gidzi, and, and, you know, from someone who's been in the inner sanctum, uh, really keen to get your take on it. The club seems to have too many of the same types. You've, you've got Jackson Haley, who you could argue plays a similar role to Crouch, hard in and under, feeds the ball out. He's not a, a um, you know, a, a penetrating runner. He, he's not bursting from the pack. You, you need to you need to weigh up what you're getting from the player and. and and, and who else you have there and who's going to be there long-term. I don't think it's going to be Matt Clout. So, um, you know, from, from my mind, there's too many of the same types, boys. We, we, we don't have that leg speed through the middle. I think Rochelle, when he's gone in, has really sort of shown something in burst, but clearly not fit enough to, to play the role permanently and probably doesn't want to from all reports as well. I don't know. I'm, I'm just a little confused with, with everything, boys. I think we've got too much of the same type and Matt Crouch isn't in the future. Well, well, with Crouchy, he does have a bit of value, doesn't he? So if they do decide that he's not going to be a part of their their next few years, even though he has signed a two-year contract only uh, last year, there there would be some teams out there that would take him and the Crows might be able to get something back in return for him because, as I said earlier, he, he has been an All-Australian, he's been a club champion in years where they've uh, they've made grand finals. So he's only 27. He's actually still got some good footy left in him. So just and on that, Bryce, we, we touched on it early in, in the show, but what would be going through his mind immediately? So he's vented his frustration. Would it straight away? Is it a is it a call to the manager? Are you assessing your options already? Like, what, what, what would be going through um, the inner sanctum of Matt Crouch? The first thing that happens is you just, you, your emotions become overwhelming and... You just need sometimes 12 hours just to let it sink in a little bit because we all know we can say and do things on when our emotions are high and that's what I found I needed to do. I just needed to just, I'd be a bit annoyed, I'd be pissed off, I'd be, whether whether the decision was right, wrong or indifferent, you just need a bit of time to cool down I think. So that's obviously sunk in for him now but you just got to keep going back to match committee and the coach and get absolute clarity on on what is going on and what is driving behind their decisions and if if he's not sure and he's getting mixed messages and he's getting told one thing one week and then he goes and acts on that and then quickly it's becoming something else it's like here we go again like really like as a player even as as hard as and brutal as it may be I would rather know look, you're not going to play for the rest of the year. We don't see you in our future. If that seems hard, if your performances still warrant you getting a game for the rest of the year, we'll still pick you. You are still available for selection, but we do not see you in the future of our footy club. I'd rather know that as a player rather than getting told multiple things over multiple weeks, just trying to essentially keep you happy and, and keep, you, keep you working hard and, and playing hard. Do those conversations happen? They, are, they would be unbelievably hard conversations. I mean, hard conversations while well, telling a player that he's no longer required at the club, but, I mean, does that sort of brutal honesty actually happen? It, uh, well, probably not. Probably not. I, I wouldn't have thought, or, or not often in, in a lot of cases, but, like, a lot of the time, it, 
the conversations after a while were just getting fluffed around the edges. And I, I remember having a couple of conversations with Nick. So like I got dropped like four or five or six times or something, like in and out, in and out. And some of the conversations towards the end of that were like we'd just sit in silence for like three minutes. He'd be like, yeah, look, you know, you dropped again and this, this and this. And then I'd, I'd be like, oh, great. And then like we'd just sort of like look at each other and be like, it was awkward. Uh, like, but but that was, that's after it happening and, you know, uh, multiple times. So like at the end of the day, it was just like, well, I'd rather just know that what you're thinking, if, even if it doesn't come from Nick's, even if it's coming from a list management point of view or um, – or, or from or from that side of things, whether that's even that even if that conversation comes from them, or the conversation comes from the footy manager, it doesn't necessarily have to come from the coach. But yeah, especially me being later in my career and, and older, um, yeah, I would have rather just been told that that's it. So, but you had to work out yourself. So it felt like that you had a, a line put through your name, but no one would actually say it. So they they did say that sorry I, I will say they did say that but only th- two weeks earlier they were I was picked for round one they were pumping up how good my preseason was we want to get you back to playing your best footy played round one didn't play a great game then COVID hit then we come back from COVID four or whatever it was a month later and then the conversation I had with Nixie was Bryce we, we're going down a path where we're going to play um blood some youth and, and give some younger guys opportunity. And I was just like, well, we haven't been around the club. Like, what has changed in four weeks? Like, you can't be telling me you want me to have, have the best year possible and get me back up and going and we see you in the side. And then four weeks later when we've been away for COVID and no one's trained, no one's played, next minute you're not a part of the the future. It's like, well, what's changed in that in that time? So that, that was the frustrating thing. There you go. It's a really, really good insight. Uh, make sure you tap into the podcast and have a little listen to that. Uh, don't forget as well, you can text us 0427154166. Crow supporters, want to know your thoughts on Matt Crouch, this situation. Uh, do you see him having a future at West Lakes? So, or like Bryce has said, look, he still has some value. He's got a year to go in his contract. Would be worth the club trying to invest in another midfielder, so to speak. Um, all right, it's 10.23 on 16.29 SENSA. Back next to wrap it all up. Audi Q5 is highly regarded in the mid-sized luxury SUV category. Visit Audi Solitaire online today. Live across Australia. Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Big thanks to Solitaire Audi as well. Don't forget the Audi A3 and S3 have arrived. To find out more, visit audisolitaire.com.au. It's been a very, very big show. Covered a lot of territory. Um, some very strong comments from Bryce Gibbs in the Matt Crouch situation, Tommy. And um, we've just been cruising along nicely for a Saturday morning. Absolutely. I was sitting back there fascinated with that last conversation. Um, really good insight, Gibbsy. What's on for you today, Hazy? Uh, I'm just going to go into Channel 7 and uh, prepare a little sports bulletin, and I'm going to get myself out uh, ready for a really, really nice night. We're going to see Xavier Rudd, which you continually to tell me how awful he is because he's your direct competition being a <laughs> muso, but... We're going to try and enjoy ourselves, I suppose, Tommy. He's not awful. He's uh, he, I just find his songs bland. But um, Wow. I do get the vibe, though. The barefoot, the uh, the didgeridoo is pretty cool. How about you, Gibbsy? What are you up to? I'm heading out to the sunny Norlunga oh, Downs to help coach the Panthers today, the Adelaide yeah. Crows, which will be a big game for the club. And 
hopefully we can get a few cars around the, the ground. Beep, 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 beep. There you Beep-toot. go. That's what you do. <laughs> Even in treacherous conditions, get down to Norlunga and support the boys. Hey, straight after us, crunch time. That's coming up in just a few seconds. Jared Waitley, Luke Hodge, David King and Sam Edmund. Don't forget as well, from 1.30, we've got the sample. We've got Centrals v North Adelaide. And of course, you can hear both Port and Crows games live on SEN app. Tomorrow from midday as well, we've got Collingwood taking on the Giants. Um, that's pretty much up for it for us. Top of 15 across Adelaide today. You stay safe, Bryce. Um, you're out of a sling, so you're on the road to recovery. I am. It's a, a milestone ticked in uh, in the recovery stage, so on to bigger and better things for me over the next couple of weeks. Very good stuff. Stay safe, and we'll catch you this time next week. Have a great weekend.